0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon
1: Damer. Flying solo again tonight while Gordon hosts with, Rick, with Chris Canty in the mornings. We got a baseball game to talk about right now. one 800 919 3776 Also via Twitter at the ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7FM along with Brian the Brain and Jake the Snake. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 987 ESPN. Let me give you our poll question. At the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. The Yankees currently hold the first wild card position. Which second-place wild-card team concerns you the most? Is it Boston? Is it Oakland? Is it Seattle? Or is it Toronto? Yankees currently hold the first wild-card position. Which second-place wild-card team concerns you the most? Boston, Oakland, Seattle, or Toronto? At heart, it's the ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7FM. Okay, look. I've sat here, as a matter of fact, we all on 98.7 ESPN have sat here. We've talked about this Mets team. And we've talked about them, and we've talked about the struggles they've had offensively, and we've talked about some of the pitching woes they've had and all the injuries they've had. And, yes, we got news about DeGrom and news about Syndergaard. We'll talk about that in a second. And, yes, I've been the guy that always waxes poetic because of my experience in covering baseball and being a baseball fan as to talk about how because the season is so long okay that you really can't count teams out unless they're just really bad if if you're a team that's within eye shot of a playoff spot especially now with two wild cards if you're a team within eye shot of the three top positions in the league you still have a shot at the wild card and i think the yankees have been the consummate example of that the way they've played especially over the past couple of weeks They've been the hottest team in baseball since the All-Star break. And because of the moves they made at the All-Star break, it has catapulted them right back into the thick of things. But it's time for us to be real. It's time for us to look at this Met team, and I'm saying this as a Met fan. It's time for me to look at this Met team and realize that uh, they're not real good. And they haven't been real good for most of the season. Now, yes, they've been the team that was the class of the National League East. But for most of that time, to be fair, the National League East had no team over five hundred. Because mathematically they are still have a shot, of course they're not done. But tonight is a game that really shows you just how bad this team is, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, let's be honest. The San Francisco Giants, tried to give this t- this this game to the Mets over and over and over and over again. And yet, yeah, I know that uh, Luis Rojas is going to get killed. He's going to be eviscerated for taking Tyron Walker out of the game because of an error and a bloop hit. And then, unfortunately, Loop comes in who hadn't given up an extra base hit to a left-hander all year. And what happens? He gives up a two-run double. And the Mets... St- who were leading are now trailing 3-2. But let's examine that and that's that's to the side. But let's examine it. Because really it was really a 1-1 game. It was Chris Bryant who threw the ball away on a routine play when the Mets should have scored more than one run in that inning. Okay? So, he throws the ball away and the next play the run scores on the error but they get out of it with one run. Then let's look at the ninth inning. Okay? In the ninth, Belt, the first baseman, extends the VR bat when he overruns a foul pop. Okay, drops it, and the next play, next pitch, look, give VR credit, takes advantage, gets a base hit. Now, Drury comes up, flies to center. Dickerson knocks the ball out of Slater's glove, ball drops. You got rid of first and second. And I like think give here, please. All you need to do is get a hit. One hit, that's it. And, and you you take you you're in good shape. One hit is all you need. Lindor pops out the first, gets booed. Nimmo walks, and Pete Alonso, God bless him, fights, fights, pops the ball up. Game over. Mets lose. Mets have now lost 10 out of 12. And this game is such an example of how most of these losses have happened to this team of late. It's decent pitching, no run support. The Mets hit into five double plays in this game. They had had five double plays in seven innings. So they had runners on base, couldn't bring them in. What a surprise. And so when you look at this team, it's re- it's time to realize that you know what? Maybe this team wasn't as good as we thought they were earlier in the season. Because the one consistent thing that has been with this team has been their inability to score runs. And once again, I get it. I get the second guess. But on on Rojas's in Rojas's defense, I've got a lead. I, this is this is we never have a lead. <laughs> I've got a lead. I'm pulling. My guy out. Yeah, I know he has 74 pitches. I get it. But I've got a lefty who is automatic. Automatic. Why would I have the lefty up and not bring him in to pitch to the left-hand batter? With a lead in the seventh inning. So I get his thought process. Let's lock this up. And I get Walker. Walker's like, I'm, I'm dominating. I want to finish this game. I deserve a shot. So I understand both sides. But it's the VR era at third base. Okay, then open the door. And then you get a fly ball blue into no man's land. Conforto makes a great dive to try to get the ball. All right? Even though I don't know what McNeil was doing standing there. And now Rojas is, Rojas is like, I got to pull you out. And he's like, what? The error wasn't my fault. The pop fly wasn't my fault. Why am I being pulled out? Rojas is like, we got to get a win. And the first pitch from Loop, the first pitch. Dickerson doubles. Game, ball game, ball game. This is what happens when you're not that good. You get pitching, but you don't get offense. You get offense, but you don't get pitching. The bullpen blows it. So that's what we're we're looking at with this team. So I'm hearing about DeGrom. You know, it's official. DeGrom's going to (laughs) throw. Why? For me, shut him down. Okay, shut him down. I heard LeGreca earlier with Dan Grossa I understand that point. Don's like, listen, let me see what I got. I need to know what's happening. I need to know what I need to get a starter. Guess what? You need a starter. You need more than one starter anyway. Because what? are you bringing? I mean, uh, what do you know about Syndergaard? Is he going to be able to? Pick, is he going to be the guy next year? He's a free agent. Walker's a free agent. Now, um, yeah, Walker's a free agent. Also, Stroman is a free agent. So. You know, what, what are we doing? Walker's not the free agent. Thanks. Strowman is the free agent. So what are we doing here? The Mets need to figure out what's going on, and they, they have to do a major upgrade offensively. Major. And I don't know that they can. I'd have to sit down and look at the contrast. What am I doing with Conforto? And Baez, I mean, do, do I do I need him? Do I need him to come back? Has he had that much of an influence on this team? Okay, we'll give him another shot because he was hurt. But, I mean, I need to look. There's a whole lot of things wrong with this Met team. And the Met team that I thought would have a really, really good shot at winning this division, even before at the start of the season. This is not that same team. This team has not performed there's so many underachievers on this team. It's not funny. And yeah, you look at the schedule and of course, after they're done with the giants and forget about, you know, getting the, the winning the series from them, you hope not to get swept with the win tomorrow behind Carrasco. And I don't know which Carrasco I'm getting, but going forward. Okay. I got Washington and, and I got Miami. <laughs> okay. Which, which Mets are going to show up? I hope it's not the Mets that lost three out of four to the Marlins. So they don't beat good, they don't, they don't, they haven't beaten good teams and they're struggling against bad teams. So I have to really re examine how I look at this team right now. When a team gives you as many opportunities as the Giants gave the Mets tonight, and you don't take advantage of them. I mean, come on. And they're lucky the Phillies lost. The the Atlanta's off. And the Phillies lost. So so they're still in the same spot. They can't gain ground anywhere because they can't beat anybody. It's really frustrating right now. It really is. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What do you think about what I said about the Mets? You can weigh in. Also... Our poll question we have for you: The Yankees currently hold the first wild card position. Which second place wild card team concerns you the most? Boston, Oakland, Seattle, or Toronto? We'll give you some early thoughts in a second. Uh, Tyron Walker is uh, addressing the media now. Uh, when Luis Rojas addresses the media, we'll bring that to you live because I want to hear what he's got to say so I can react right on, right on the boom, right away, right away. Because I really feel I feel bad for him tonight. I do. Because he was in a no-win situation. I mean, Walker was pitching brilliantly again. Not his fault. Eric third. Okay. A pop flying to no man's land that Conforto ran past McNeil at second to try to get the ball. And he just couldn't get it. I mean, he ran forever. And then Rojas is like, I, I got to pull you out. And Walker's like, what are you doing? So I understand the competitive nature of Walker. Like I'm, I'm dominating this game. What's going on? Why are you give, give me a chance to pitch out of this? And Rojas is like, we got to leave. I, I can't, I can't take that chance. I got a lefty batter up. I got a lefty pitcher who's been dominant. Come on, Mets fans. You know Loop has been amazing this year. First pitch. Gives up a double, two RBI double. First hit, extra base hit to a lefty. All year long off loop. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. Let's go to the phones. Sam's in San Antonio. He's batting lead off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Sam.
0: What's going on, Larry? How you doing today, brother?
1: Hanging in, my friend. Before we in. Could,
0: hanging in, man. All right, so before we get into this, if I may ask, hey, what size uh, straight jacket do you wear? Because I'm about to order me one. I think I'll get one for you as well, brother, because we're uh, – 'Cause <laughs> we're Met fans and we need one.
1: Yeah, unfortunately um, for me, I'm I I have to act like and try to be a doctor, so I can't use a straitjacket. I have to get a bigger all right, man, I have to get a get, bigger white coat. I'll get an honorary
0: <laughs> one for you. How about that? Thank I'll you. get an honorary one for you. you now the good funny to me. thing is is that you're uh, always Larry, hey we're, we're Met fans, you know, we're we're family, so uh, the funny thing is, is your monologue was almost word for word for uh, what I was speaking to. Uh, by the way, the, the gentleman on the other side, uh, your, the 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 person answering the phone today, he's awesome, by the way. Uh, so our what I was speaking to him about was almost word for word for what your monologue is. You know, we're diehard men and friends. We see it from the same point of view at this point. My question to you here before we have this exchange, if I may have some of your time today, is um, I understand both rationales of where Ro- Rojas was coming from. But this is one of those times that you do not take Walker out. He was, being, he was dominant. He was pitching efficient. I mean, he wasn't striking the world out, but he was pitching very dominantly within the game. So I would have kept him in. No matter what Loop has been doing, I get it. But no relief pitcher likes to come in with uh, especially two runners in scoring position. So I think Walker had the edge there. Those were not his mistakes. Uh, my question to you, though, is, is that after he made the move, would you have bet your life savings that that's exactly what was going to happen being an experienced <laughs> Mets fans that we are? I knew, We all knew right away what was going to happen. And uh, before uh, I get your two cents on the matter, the whole DeGrom thing, you and I spoke, what, maybe about two weeks ago and I mm-hmm. said that we're going to see him in 2023. Mm-hmm. Do you not see that happening right yes. now? Shut Absolutely. him down. Please, uh, I agree with what uh, Michael Kay and Don were saying, that you need to see what you, get, you got out of him. Mm-hmm. How about, Find that out, not in a game. You yeah. can do that in a bullpen session. You don't need to bring them into a game in where where there's intensity involved. Shut them down now. We all know what's going to happen. Uh, Larry, my heart is with you as a, as a Net fan. Thank you for you, listening to me once again. It's always a pleasure, Larry. You have a wonderful rest of your evening. I'll hang up now and I'll listen to you
1: then. All right, Sam. You too. Thanks for checking in. Sam, the way the way the Mets have been playing, especially during this stretch against the Dodgers and the Giants, even if Walker had gotten uh, Crawford out, the next right-hand batter would have gotten a hit and the runs would have scored anyway. This is just because, and you know why I say that? Because the Mets don't give their pitchers any margin for error. None. They don't score runs. That's what this is really about. That's what this is about. They don't score enough runs. Okay, if they had scored more runs, you would have left Walker in. So the, the fact of the matter is, for me, is, okay, yeah, I get it. He only threw 74 pitches. These were just a couple, of an error and a bloop. All right? But let's say, hypothetically, Crawford does the same thing. What are the people saying? Well, Luke, what's up? You got the lefty. Loop has been dominant against. Him. Why don't you bring him in? And once again, I feel for Rojas, and I know they were chanting "Fire Louie, Fire Louis." I get it. I understand the passion. The Mets are, The Mets fans are upset. I get it. I do. But, you know, listen. Here's the bottom line. Here, score some runs. And I'm with you as far as as far as Degrom is concerned. Shut him down, please. Okay, he's throwing off flat ground. Great. So in another week when he pitches on the mound, what happens? Or do we wait until uh, two weeks from the week before, let's say if he ramped everything up, he could come back late September, let's say around the 20th, around that time? Okay, what happens if before that he gets a setback? Then what? You get him all the way, ramp him up all the way, all the way, and now he has another setback. What are you going to do then? What happens then? What do you do? Shut him down, please. So at least I I have a chance to have him for 2022. And guess what? I'm going to, have, even, and even if nothing, even if you bring him back and nothing happens, who's to say something couldn't happen in 2022? How many times has he has given you a start and then couldn't make the next start? How many times has he been in and out of the rotation this season? Shut him down. And let's figure out a way or be prepared to get to spend some money on pitching. And so you have a deep five-man rotation, and you've got a great sixth guy. And listen, you're never going to – there's nobody out there that's going to replace DeGrom anyway. Okay, so you just have to do the best you can, get some depth in here. And improve your starting rotation. And you have to try to figure out, you know what, we can't depend on him because of what happened last year. Why would you, even if he comes through with flying colors, why would you go into 2022 thinking, well, you know what, he he had some problems during the year last year, but he finished strong. He'll be okay. Right. No. Don't think that way. You have to – Deepen your starting rotation anyway, whether he's back or not, because you don't know. Because we still don't know what's wrong. You haven't heard anybody say, well, we did this and this fixed it. Nobody has said that. Nobody is able to tell you why he still has these issues. Nobody. You, has anybody said anything about that yet? Well, this is what it is. Once we do this, we'll fix it. It's, it's something with the Something. With, I mean, even with Zach Britton, with the elbow, they say, well, you know what? We're getting a second opinion, but he may have to go under the knife. Okay, so then we understand. If he goes under the knife, we know he's not here next year, and we'll see him in 2023, <laughs> maybe in New York, maybe somewhere else. But at least you know. Nobody knows what's going on with DeGrom. And why am I rolling the dice that he'll be great next year? after seeing how many times he was in and out of the rotation this year. It's extremely frustrating right now. Extremely, extremely frustrating. Mets lose again, three, two, despite the fact that the giants tried to just give them, give them this game. It's extremely frustrating. Let's go to Luis Rojas
2: live. Starting the inning. We, uh, we we had loop up just in case anything crazy happened. I mean we know he's throwing a really good game, uh, one hit to Homer only. But then the, the two plays dictated the decision basically. Um you know, running to the first and second no out. You have a guy like Brandon Crawford at the plate who's our be- best hitter. Uh, and we have probably one of the best lefties in the league, you know, in Iron Loop and it's Cummins done a good job for us. So we went with the matchup last third of the game, right? Seven inning up a run. Uh, you know, we felt that Lupi was going to come in and probably get that out. Uh, guys on deck, I mean, uh, we, we, we like the matchup with Lupe as well on the mound. But Crawford was our concern with the first and second out. Probably men on first one out. We don't do it. Two out, nobody on. Uh, we don't do it. You know, it's just a, the back-to-back plays where we should re- probably recorded the two outs uh, led to a decision.
3: Obviously, the loop's been lights out for you guys and, and that, is a, a, matchup that you like in the situation though. Do you in that moment take into account at all the way that Walker had been pitching and the way that those runners got on base, or was it a simple, if there are two runners on base, we're going with this matchup.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was going to be that uh, just the first and second and shut it down. And we know how Walker's throwing the ball. You know, we, we are aware of the way he's throwing the ball, the fastball has been overpowering. You know, he's at 74 pitches. He's the third time through the lineup. Brandon Crawford is their best hitter. So third time seeing Walker through, like, you know, we, you know, we, we, we take that seriously as well. even though Walker's throwing the ball well. So we won the, with the Aaron Lou matchup, you know, who's, he's probably been our best reliever this year and especially against lefty. So that's, that's where the decision came from.
3: Knowing that it's going to be potentially a controversial decision and the first pitch, Goes for a double and and two run score. What is your immediate thought as that's taking place?
2: Yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't work. You know, now now at that point we just got to get out of that inning and minimize the damage. And Loopy did it, kept us at one at one run, so we could you know probably have a chance to come back. So, he you know it didn't work. I mean, this is this are some of the decisions that are uh, we can call it aggressive because the way Walker was pitching, right? He didn't deserve to be out of the game, but the back to back plays just. Led to that decision. You know, he threw the ball well. He didn't, he did not want to come out of the game. As you guys saw him, he always wants to be in there, compete, especially the way he was throwing the ball. But um, after it happened, it was, you know, we just, we just got to minimize the damage right now. You know, this doesn't happen to Lupe a lot. Every time he's gotten the ball to come in there in situations like this, regardless if the pitcher has 80 pitches or 100 pitches, he comes in and he does, gets a jump, uh, jump done in the seventh inning like that.
3: Dave. Hey, Louie, based on the, the urgency that you guys are facing right now and every game is, is so crucial, does, does that factor at all into how you have to manage these games right now? I mean, if, if it wasn't as desperate at times, would you have a little bit a little bit more rope with Taiwan there or, or is it just a strictly by the book thing that you just have to do in that spot? Well, I
2: mean, it's a two-to-one game. That That's the thing, right? Um, you know, we, if, it, if it's probably more separation in that game, like Taiwan – Skip, right. keeps pitching there, you know, three runs, two runs, but the one-run game there, when we had the time run at second base with no out, and you have Brandon Crawford, like, if uh, it's probably going to be, it could have been his last at-bat of the game, why not against Aaron Loop? Uh And that's why we did it, and I think we done, the, we made decisions like this early in the season, I mean, it doesn't matter that we're here, We're every day we're, you know, we're going for the win, and we make decisions like this, whether we were in April we made them, or whether we're, you know, now in August, late August, so, um, you know, I know it's controversial because he, you know, he went the other way at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, f- for us, the best, matchup, the, the best matchup against Brandon Crawford out of our group and out of any of our pitchers it's Aaron Luke.
1: All right, that's Luis Rojas addressing the media. We'll uh, mon- continue to monitor that and bring you excerpts of his press conference. But I just wanted you to get a feel of his response and what his thought process was. And once again, I get it. I understand what he's saying. I'll give you more thoughts next. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question. The Yankees currently hold the first wild card position. Which second place wild card team concerns you the most? Is it Boston? Is it Oakland? Is it Seattle or is it Toronto? Before I get to uh give you some early numbers, I've got two Yankee fans in the studio. So let me start with uh let me start with Jake the Snake. Jake of those four teams, which concerns you the most?
4: So if we're talking about a one game wild card, mhm even though they've been struggling as of late, I would say facing Chris Sale, who is now back and is 2-0 and since he's returned from the IL, facing him and the Boston Red Sox in a one-game wild card, for the MLB, that would be amazing. For Yankees fans, uh, it would definitely be a terrifying and nerve-wracking night. But um, on the opposite side of things, in the National League, real quick, we're currently in the studio watching the Dodgers and the Padres, which could very easily be the National League wild card game. So can you yep. imagine, Larry, Ooh. if in the American League it's the Yankees and the Red Sox and then in the National League it's the Dodgers versus the Padres in a wild card? That would be oh my goodness. That would be great. That would be great.
1: All right, uh, what's your name again, Brian?
4: Uh, JP.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's, this is going to sound like a boring answer, but I also agree with Jake. I, I would be terrified to face Boston. I know they're playing uh, poorly right now, but
1: I don't want to see Chris Sale. I don't want to see Devers. No, I'm good. I'd rather see Toronto, Seattle, Oakland, but do not want to see Boston in that.
4: And speaking of Boston, who was just Warbur. trailing – Yes, 4-2 in the bottom of the ninth. Schwarber just hit a two-run home run, so the Red Sox are now tied 4-4 in the bottom of the ninth.
1: Well, I guess you are you have your finger on the pulse of the Yankee fans. You're right, because that's who our poll has right now. 43%, just over 43% say Boston concerns them. But here's what's interesting to me. Second place is Toronto. At 30.5%, I was, Oakland at 23 and Seattle
4: at 3 I was honestly going to uh, completely agree with that. I was going to say maybe not in just a one-game wild card, but in like a five-game series or a seven-game series, I think I might fear the Blue Jays more than I do the Red Sox. In a one-game wild card, Chris Sale would not be fun, especially since he's dominated the Yankees in the past. But in a longer series, that Blue Jays offense, especially now that they added Berrios to that rotation with Ryu – Mm-hmm. That's a scary team as well. So they're currently behind the A's and the Mariners in the wild card chase. But if they can somehow catch up to the rest of the pack, uh, that would not be a fun team to play as well. No question about it.
1: No question about it. So you guys uh, can weigh in on our poll. At hardest as the ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Earlier today, as I mentioned, Jacob DeGrom got clearance. Yes, he got clearance. To throw the baseball, he played catch at City Field after an MRI showed improvement with the right forearm tightness that has sidelined him since July seventh. And the other good news is Noah Syndergaard will begin a minor league rehab assignment with High A Brooklyn on Thursday. So uh, the interesting thing there is that even if DeGrom come, even if uh, Syndergaard comes back, he probably will be used out of the bullpen because you don't have any time to stretch him out to get him to, to be a starter. So you bring him back in the boat from the bullpen. You see what he's able to do. You you gauge if there's any setbacks or anything like that during the rehab and hopefully he'll be okay. And you need to see something from him obviously uh, to make sure because he is a free agent. So you want to make sure what you're going to sign him, what you're going to do, uh, what that situation is going to be. So hopefully even though the season may be lost totally by then, at least you can get an idea about what his situation will be going forward, and hopefully he won't be lifting any weights in the off season. Once again, with Degrom, you know, I've said it before; I'll say it again. The situation is very simple. I think you shut him down. I do. I, I don't think you you take that risk on him coming back and injuring. Or further injuring himself again. Luis Rojas, we'll hear from him from before the game, where he comments on Jacob DeGrom. And we'll also turn our attention to the Yankees, who are beginning a very big road trip that starts with four in Oakland. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7. ESPN. Majesty till midnight on 987 ESPN. We call it the ESPN New York tonight. So, as I mentioned before the break, Jacob DeGrom is allowed to play catch. Luis Rojas before the game tonight. And it's the first time that uh DeGrom has thrown since his shutdown in July. Here's Rojas on the giving the DeGrom update
2: clear to start playing cash and he started today so had an MRI this morning uh, and the doctor gave the green light after looking at the the results and playing cash for the first time in a while tonight so today I'm sorry he just did so we'll see what where we go from here there's not a progression mapped up yet I uh, we'll, do how things are going to keep going but at least getting to uh, play cash today you know that's that's great news for us
1: now how did DeGrom react to the news that he can uh, play catch?
2: Jake's not a—he's I mean, not a talker. He's not animated any time, like about great news like this or anything. So he just went out there and played cash, right? And he's walking around. He does have a different demeanor. You can see him a little bit more going walking around and just having fun with the guys and all that. But before, when he was going through this and the shutdown, it was a little bit more quieter, and you could see there's fr- so there's frustration. So that's gone now. You know, that's the only thing I see right now of him.
1: Well, look, I'm, there's no question—he's got to be frustrated. I mean, here's a guy who's watching his team just, you know, sail for the iceberg, uh, you know, hitting rocks on the way. I mean, they've just been brutal. Were they 6-17 this month? I mean, gosh. And so you don't have an ace. You don't have a guy out there who, and I've said this before, who can come out every fourth or fifth day and you know you have a real chance to win this game. And oh, by the way, he might drive in the run for you. So you don't have that. And and you've been searching and searching and searching. So that's that's been a tough thing for the team. And for him, you know, and, and speaking to athletes over the years, when you're injured and you're not able to participate, you really don't feel like you're part of the team. You know, sometimes you don't see guys, you know, you're, you're off to your training or you're off to your rehab, whatever it is. And you feel apart. You you don't feel like you're a part of the team, you know. And that's that's tough. That's tough. And I've seen him. You know, he's been on the bench. He's been in the bullpen. He's been down on the bench. He's been there. But you know, it's different. It, it's it's just, you know. And he's one of the leaders on the team, no question. But how can you lead when you can't play? So it's it's um, it's a tough situation. It really is. It's a tough situation. So. As we switch to the Yankees, starting tomorrow night, they have four against Oakland. And you know what Uncle Larry always tells you? It's not who you play, it's when you play them. And boy, this is a good time to be playing the Oakland A's, right? They are struggling. As hot as the Yankees are is as cold as the A's are. Yankee fans are like, Larry, shut up. Larry, shut up. Larry, shut up. Just telling the facts. So this Yankee team is on the hot streak. They've played extremely well. They've got good starting pitching. They've got great timely hitting during the stretch. They've overcome a suspect bullpen. And as Buster Olney told Gordon Damer and Chris Candy this morning on DCR, The Yankees have a path to the World Series.
0: There is a reasonable path for them to get through the American League. They obviously at the moment would have to get through the wild card game, but that lineup now is so daunting. It reminds you of those old Yankee lineups. They would just wear down opposing pitchers, and that's what they're doing every night.
1: So I'm real curious to hear from the Yankee fans here at 1-800-919-3776, also on Twitter at ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. And I especially want to hear from the fans who doubted this team. Do you now feel that this team has gathered enough momentum that they could make a a postseason run and get to the World Series? That even though your your bullpen is is a little shaky, a little shaky, Your starters have been good. I think Cole is ready to go into a nice stretch run to be that dominant ace. You're going to get back Herman. You're going to get back Kluber. Brian's like, I don't want Kluber. You're going to get Kluber back, which is going to solidify your rotation which will allow some of those guys who have filled in to go to your bullpen, which may help your bullpen out. I mean, Cortez has been amazing. What he's been able to do, and he's definitely going to be on this, you know, facing the A's this weekend, what he's been able to do has been fabulous, okay? He has stepped up big time. So I, I agree with Buster. I think right now the way the Yankees are playing, and I don't, and by the way, I don't expect them to win 11 out of every 12 games they play. <laughs> okay. I do that. But I do think they will take series. And in taking series, they will continue to pick up games and continue to put the pressure on Tampa. And listen, give the Rays credit because the Rays have answered the bell. The Rays have withstood. They, they just go out and continue to win as the yankees win the rays win it's it's really going to come down to that final weekend i'm telling you I'm telling you and nobody thought a couple of months ago there's no way we would have thought this would have been the case but this is going to come down to what the rays and the yankees facing each other to see who's going to win the division definitely In either case, if the Yankees continue to play the way they have, and as Buster mentioned, the offense is what's doing it. And it's not, listen, it's not 14, 15 runs. It's not home runs only. They're actually playing the way you Yankee fans have said you wanted them to play. Not just the home run. To be able to have the key hit. To be able to get a single or a double, to have guys get in scoring position. I mean, Judge is just, he's become like a base stealer now to add to his abilities, to add to his repertoire of what makes him such an offensive guy and what he does. And now that he's on, now that he gets on base and he's not just home runs, but he's an all around player. And so this is what. As a Yankee fan, you have to be ecstatic about what they're doing now because this is what you said you wanted. And yet, some of the speed will probably have to be replaced because as the injured come back, they will be replaced with guys who are more station to station. But still, Gleyber Torres was running before he got hurt. As a matter of fact, that's how he got hurt. (laughs) Running Running the bases, trying to steal. Look at those twins. Pesky twins. Donaldson with a two run home run to answer Schwarber's two run home run in the top of the tenth. So they now lead the Red Sox six four. And that's the other thing. Okay, that's the other thing. Uh who other than the Rays? Okay. Who has a who has a lockdown bullpen? In the American League? Who? I mean, Chicago's bullpen, the White Sox bullpen's pretty good. Yankees went through that in the Field of Dreams games and during that weekend. So, I you know, Red Sox bullpen's not great. You fear Alavino in the tough spot? <laughs> right. We're all laughing. So, but that doesn't mean that the Yankees don't have to get their bullpen in order. They do and they've got to, and i don't know what it is with chapman i don't know whether he just can't grip the baseball he doesn't know where the fastball's going i don't know what's going on with him i have no clue but the attitude and the and the confident guy that throws the ball 99 100 101 i haven't seen him in a while and that's the guy you need the guy that has the short memory Yeah, I know the guy that's been on the mound after a couple of series-ending home runs. I get it. But that's in the past, and relievers, that's what they do. They forget about those things and move on. So that's what he's got to do. He's got to get his confidence back. And he needs it, like right now. You need him during this series with Oakland. Because you, you need to take this series to kind of not give them Hope against you, right? Because that's what they're looking for. Hey, listen, we could take, we we could get back our wild card spot. We got, we got a chance against the Yankees, one on one, one on one. We could do this. No, what the Yankees have to do is say, nope, sorry, that's not happening, homeboy. <laughs> not tonight. We are kicking butt and taking names. That's what we do. So it will be interesting. To see how they how they respond, and what they will uh, you know how they will answer this Yankee team because as I said, this A's team, which has lost eight of their last ten, and four in a row, is just you know at, at a poor spot, and after the A's, I believe the Yanks have the Angels. And, yes, you have Otani, who is a tremendous player, but, I mean, come on, let's face it. Right now, the Angels are a game under five hundred. So, good team, decent team. Decent team. Not good team. Decent team. So, you need to win these games. And make sure that you put, you know, put some space, put some distance between you and the competition. That's the best thing to do.
0: This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer.
1: Hour number two. Wednesday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Gordon, as you know, working with Chris Canty morning, so you'll hear him from 5 to 8 tomorrow as Dave Rothenberg takes a breather. Get ready for the Giants football season. I can only imagine it. Can you imagine him, Rothenberg, watching the Met game tonight? I can't imagine. I can't imagine that there's anything left in that house that's not broken. <laughs> Dishes, cups, saucers. I can't imagine there's nothing left in that house that is unbroken at this point. The way The frustration of losing that game. Because it's not that they lost, it's how they lost. Which is, honestly, not surprising, really, when you think about it. No offense, again. Oh, what do you know? (laughs) No runs. They got two, but really, one was a gift by Chris Bryant. We'll talk more Mets at the bottom of the hour. Let's talk a little football, shall we? The New York football Giants will be uh, have been scrimmaging this week with the, the New England Patriots in preparation for their game on Sunday. And today, guess what? Kyle Rudolph was on the field today, the tight end that the Giants picked up in the offseason. But first, before we talk about that, let's talk about Saquon Barkley because Saquon Barkley was not on the field today. He's expected to be on the field tomorrow. And Joe Judge was asked, when's Barkley coming back?
3: I think every player has to have physical contact and experience the hits they're going to take in a game before it becomes live, full speed, in regular season. And the reality of nature is the speed of the game increases from preseason to regular season to postseason. That's just what happens. For us to put a player on the field without preparing him either through practice or preseason games without contact, we're putting that player in danger and a disservice. I know a lot of people want to put their head in a, in a box and pretend it doesn't exist, doesn't happen. The reality is when you go out there in Denver, Washington, Atlanta, that's live bullets now. They're flying around They're trying to hit our players as hard as they can as we are to them, You know, make good form tackles, and end the play. So the best thing you can do for your players is prepare them for what they're going to see by putting them in controlled situations, experience the technique, let your body get used to the contact and the collisions that are going to happen in a game, and then build on that as it goes to more 11-on-11 situations. So, I don't have a number of hits, Pat, to go back to the original question, Jordan, for you in terms of is it necessary. I would absolutely say that contact of some form is absolutely necessary. Now, we'll decide what kind of contact it is and what kind of controlled drill we're going to put him in before we put him in 11-on-11 and what we allow him to do. But before I put him out there in live contact and just say, you know, Godspeed, we're going to make sure this guy's prepared because my number one priority is his health. Before anything else, it's the health of the player before we get on to anything else.
1: Okay, and and I think Joe Judge is one thing thousand percent correct
3: that's my guy jordan Renan. he's always
1: at, always asking the good questions him and rich always ask the good questions he's right so on that theory how come daniel jones hasn't played doesn't he have to get used to live bullets doesn't he have to get used to being put back on the field doesn't he have to get used to getting in game conditions doesn't he have to do those things and yes i know he's doing it uh in scrimmages But how about in-game situation? Well, he should be at least getting some snaps in the game against New England. We'll hear from Daniel Jones in a second. But right now, and I'm very curious to hear this answer. This is Evan Ingram asked what Kyle Rudolph provides in the tight end room. Here's what the, the former number one tight end of the Giants had to say
2: everything i mean he's a receiving threat he's a blocking threat um he's a he's a he's really smart in the film room i'm i'm i learned from him every meeting he he teaches me something and i know it's it's the same for the rest of the guys so he literally is going to help us in every aspect of the game i'm really excited
4: about it
1: and he could be your replacement (laughs) he could be i mean and you know what it's about competition And it's about the fact that this guy produces. And if he's able to block and catch the football, then you know what? He's going to get most of the snaps, and he will deserve most of the snaps. And Evan Engel, who had the opportunity to lock this job down, hasn't done it. He just hasn't. He's been too inconsistent. He's been hurt and inconsistent. In the National Football League, that's a recipe for not keeping your job very long. Speaking of Kyle Rudolph, Daniel Jones was asked, how did it feel to have the big fella out there for the first time?
3: Good. Good to, good to see him out there. And, and uh, you know, he's worked so hard to, to get back. And, and uh, you know, he's been behind the scenes a lot, helping, uh, helping all of us, helping me, helping the tight ends. And, and uh, it's been good to have him out there.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be good to see how they're able to use him uh, in their offense. Because, and here's what I'm looking at. And I know there's a number of people out there who don't think the Giants are going to be that good. I'm not one of them. I think they'll be pretty good. I think they'll win nine, ten games. I do. And you just look at what the offense is surrounding Daniel Jones, what they have put in place. I think we got a tie game in the uh, – oh, no, boy, that ball died in, in Dodgerland. I thought Muncie had that out of the ballpark, right at the wall. Wow. Um, Still one nothing Padres top four. Uh, So I I still believe that they are a 9-10 win team, but you look at Gallaudet, you look at Rudolph, you look at Shepard, you look at Barkley. They have a lot of weapons. They've got some weapons that, you know, should make for their offense to be much better than it's been. And that's important. That's important. That's going to help your quarterback. And he needs it. Okay? And... Hopefully what it also does, especially with the run game and being able to get the ball out quickly to like a shepherd in the flat or a, a Kyle Rudolph, a tight end, who's just going to go five, six yards and turn and wait for the football, is it slows down the pass rush, which helps your offensive line and opens some things up that you can't run the football and be a little, you know, not so, not so, not so one-dimensional that even though they stop the run, there's some things you can do to help your offensive line out. That's important. It eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98-7 FM. Let's go to the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Bruce. Hey,
5: Larry. Um, comments about the Mets game the Met tonight and also some Yankees stuff. First on the Mets. You know, as you're listening to the managers post-game show, and I don't want to sound like the proverbial old guy who you know is talking about baseball in the old days, but when he said that, he went to—it's the third time around in the batting order, and that's one of the reasons why he had to take him out. I was just thinking: can imagine telling Bob Gibson, "It's the third time around in the batting order; you're going to have to come out now."
1: <laughs> he well, first of all, you wouldn't have got out to the mound because he'd have shooed you back. But uh, Bruce, that that's today's baseball, my friend. And I saw uh, Todd Zeal, who was very, who was totally against the move, and I respect his opinion. And but one of the things he said was, you know, Jacob DeGrom's out there. You know, you're not doing that. <laughs> you're right. But listen, to be fair, he ain't Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> so so my thing here is, uh, you know, Rojas is like, hey, I gotta lead. I got a lefty on lefty situation. This guy doesn't do anything to lefties. I understand it, Bruce. It's, it's not. It's not so. It's not so cut and dry. What I think, in in, I think Rojas may have. And I'm not saying. From if I were in his position, he says it didn't matter. Bruce, we haven't won in a while. We got a lead. I'm doing everything I can to try to get that. To try to get that win. I have to. But I'm from, I'm from the old school. If the pitcher
5: is is pitching a great game and. I didn't watch the game. I'm going to take your word for it. Mm-hmm. And the run on base is not his fault. Yeah. Just because the guy was great nine times out of nine doesn't mean he's going to be great this time around. There's no guarantee. He's not Mariano. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand. It. Second thing. Yes.
1: Um,
5: I, I I decided I have a new a, a new job for you. Okay. We are going to make you. We are going to make you the met team position. See, <laughs> if they listened to you weeks ago. When you told him to put him on a deal from the first time around, none of this would have happened.
1: You're right. I t- listen, I said in I said in spring training. Why is he throwing a hundred miles an hour? Stop him now! And they wouldn't listen. They don't listen to me, Bruce. Bruce, they just don't no. listen. It's frustrating.
5: And to bring him back now to ramp him up, maybe to get him in the game for a game in September is ludicrous. It is. No, let's get to let's get to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to face sports, if, if, if I can help it, um, they would make scare me the most. I mean, I wouldn't be petrified. We I mean, we have beaten them in a one-game playoff in the past, but, you know, we mm-hmm. these the same players. And I do think with so many close games that you've played this year, plus in the 11-game winning streak, and you win—I mean, you were winning most of them, I think that kind of harms a player's team character and, and – battle uh, tactics, and th- 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 they're not as afraid, oh, we're going to lose the game because, you know what, you've been in this situation before, and you've won, so I think that helps that. But, um, you know, you live at Boston. You have failed people mentioned. You have a Valde who gives the Yankees trouble, plus the fact you, you, you have the picture that we gave to the Red Sox.
1: About the well, um I just called his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, um, I just called his name. I can't think of it. Uh, but go and, ahead. I will come to me.
5: It's it's for the game in Yankee Stadium when he walked three guys and 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 Cora took him out. It's the only time he hasn't you he hasn't he hasn't filled he us. And I, I also, am afraid of Cora a little bit too. I respect that guy. One last thing. I think mm-hmm. I heard something, and you can confirm this to me. Is it true that Tampa and Boston play seven times? before the end of the season's over.
1: over? Uh, I'll check it out during the break, and I'll, and I'll announce it. But it, it, it sounds if possible. True,
5: if that's true, the Yankees have a hell of a shot of of, of taking Tampa because Boston is going to fight for a playoff, and even though they have some flaws, I can see Boston taking four or five games from Tampa, and that opens it, the, the, the gate right here for the Yankees to slide in.
1: Yeah, Adavino's who I was trying who you were trying to think of.
5: No, not Adavino. no, 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 no,
1: no, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I got you. I'm not afraid of
5: Advino. I the point of him for? No, you, you, the only you, person look, he can get you want him. Is Bruce to point to him.
1: <laughs> you want him, right? That's who you want. All right, Bruce. Thanks for checking yeah. it
0: in. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.